You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play Music to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check out our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to check out some more information about us and see what's going on this month on our events calendar. Lastly, follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. I want you to close your eyes just for a moment before I jump into the word. And I want you to look and focus on the way, the truth, and the life. Because he is that. You got to believe that. Just like we're singing. I believe you are the way, the truth, the life. I believe you are the way. You can sing that with me. The truth, the life. I believe you are the way, the truth, the life. I believe you are one more time. The way, the truth, the life. I believe you are. So you got to believe that. If you can put everything else aside and say, God, I believe. Somebody say, I believe. You have to believe. Your wife can't believe for you. Your husband can't believe for you. Your children can't believe for you. You have to believe. Say, I have to believe. And see, if you believe, as you said, I believe, you start to look at him as the truth, as the way, and as the life. That there is no other way. You're not going to look for any other way to find any of those three things because Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. And Jesus is the life, church. Come on, if you try to find it anywhere else, you're going to be lost. Come on, somebody say amen. He is the way. He is the truth and the life. And you've got to say, because I believe. I believe that he's the way. Come on, I believe that he's the ultimate truth, that he is the life. There is no way. It doesn't come through Buddha. It doesn't come through Muhammad. It comes through Jesus Christ. Come on, hallelujah. Because I can tell you right now, Buddha's still dead. Muhammad's still dead. But who's alive? Who's alive? You've got to believe that. He's the one that rose up. And these other men bring great revelation and great morals. But Jesus truly is the way, the truth. In the life. And when you start to believe that in your life, let me tell you, you'll live a lot happier. That's why I can walk around with a smile. Amen. I can walk out with a smile. It doesn't matter what, what, what I'm going through. It does not take away the truth. It does not take away the, 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 the way in the life. It does not take that away, church, because he still remains. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Come on. I want tell you never catch this. And tell your other neighbor, he's talking to you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I, I want to, you know, as I started to minister on this message, amen, the Pentecostal church. Our theme for the year is the voice. Amen. 
We heard great voices through our sermons, amen, on, on Wednesday nights, amen. I encourage you, man, if you come on Wednesday night, you'll be blessed, amen. Uh, these they, the men and women have been coming and bringing great messages on the voice and what we need to be, amen. But if we truly want to be a voice in this generation, how many know that we need to be a now generation? Come on. We meaning that we need to be the voice now, amen. If we are going to do that, amen, how many know that we're going to need some help? Anybody need some help in this place? Come on, you talk to me. We can get out of here quicker. How many want to be the voice? Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to need some help in order to be the voice, in order to be a witness. We learned last week that the Holy Spirit empowers us to be the voice. Amen. Empowers us to be the witness that this world needs today. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Let's read that, amen. NIV says this, on one occasion, while he, this is Jesus, was eating with them, he gave them this command. He's giving us a command today. I want you to take this personal. I want you to, I want you to grab your heart and say, I'm taking this personal. Come on, you, you, you got you to gotta, you gotta take it personal. He said, I give you, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem. But wait, somebody say, but wait. It says, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Amen. Now, if you go down to verse 8 in the NIV, it says this, but you shall receive what? You shall receive what? It says you shall receive power. The, the word power comes in the Greek, amen, it means dunamis, where we get the word dynamite. So the power that, that he's speaking about here, and this is Jesus speaking, the power that he wants you and I to receive is an explosive power. Come on. How many want to be explosive? Come on. Come on. I, you know, God's not looking for firecrackers. Doesn't want a little pop here and there, you know, a little excitement for God here. Pooh, that was a great service. And, and then Monday you're a dud. Come on. They light you up, amen. There is no pop in you. Come on, it's just a. You ever got one of those, those fireworks and you just, you're like, oh man, that was bunk. Or you're, you're expecting this great thing, amen. You light up a firework and you're like, run, run. See, God is not looking just for a little pop out of you every once in a while. God wants to give you explosive power uh, to be a witness for him, amen. In all it says here that when this power comes over you, the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witness. Uh, you will be my voice uh, in Jerusalem, uh, in Judea, Samaria, right here in Las Vegas, uh, to your family, uh, to your co-workers, uh, wherever you go, anyone getting this, amen. Uh, he said, I will give you the power to the ends of the earth. God has given us this power. That's why we are in Iraq, to be a voice. That's powerful, church. I don't know about if you can really comprehend that, amen. That's an explosive power that's unthinkable. We have Praise Chapel, Iraq. Legit. The government recognizes it as a Christian church in a Muslim country. Let me tell you, that's power, church. Who can do that but Jesus, amen. Now, come on, it's not us, it's not Praise Chapel, amen. It's the power of God. And that's to say that the Holy Spirit gives us that power to be the voice. 
See, we need to be the Pentecostal church again. If we are to make a difference in our lives and in this world. Come on, if you want to make a difference inside of you, you need this power. That's why so many Christians are dried up. They're all pruned up, amen. Look like, man, they've been sucking on a lemon, amen, hallelujah. They walk in all, bleh, and they're like, man, we, where's the power? It seems like life has just sucked everything out of you. And if you allow it, the devil will always bring something that will pull out of you to dry you up as a prune. Become a raisin for, Christi, for, for Christ, amen. Who wants to be a raisin, hallelujah? All shriveled up all. Come on, I want to be a fruit, amen. I want to be, I want to be healthy, amen. I want to look good. God says, you know what? They'll, you'll know they're my, my disciples by, 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 by what the fruit that they have. Come on, I don't know about you, but I, I, if I go to a grapevine, I don't want a raisin. I want some grapes, amen, hallelujah. And some of you guys are maybe raisin eaters. But see, there's too many Christians today satisfied on being a raisin instead of a grape. Come on, somebody. Raisin, you're at the end of your rope. Raisin, you're not juicy. You're, not, you're dried up. Tell the raisin next to you, get up. No, I'm just, I'm just playing. Got to be plump. Juicy. Come on. Man, when you walk out, man, you should be like, man, look at that. Look, look at the, never mind. Never mind. I better be careful because you guys will receive it the wrong way. But we need to be that Pentecostal church again, amen, to make a difference. We need that Holy Spirit power. Come on, we need that Holy Spirit power, church. Come on, that is what's lacking in the church today. Come on, where is the Pentecostal church? Where is that church, amen, in the book of Acts? Where is that church full of that dunamis power, amen? Come on, that explosive power to be the witness, to be the voice. We need, say I need, the Holy Spirit. So I want to look at two more areas that the Holy Spirit helps us. How many of you need some help? Amen. Two more areas. Amen. How many know that we need to be transformed? Come on. Do you know that Jesus died for you to change? Come on. I know that, that he died for our sins. As Brother Ray brought it, our sins are covered. Praise the Lord. Amen. But he died for you to change. Not to remain the same. Come on, he shed his blood for you to change, amen, to be something different, uh, to be transformed. How many know that we need to be transformed? Because we came in jacked up, amen. We, we're not to, to continue our walk, amen, to continue our, our walk with Christ, amen, in the same person that we are. We need to be transformed. We need to be renewed in our minds. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on, our, man, our minds were jacked up. Some of our minds are still jacked, Hallelujah. You know, come on, people at, at work, man, now man, the church just brainwashes you. Yes, our brains need to be washed, hallelujah. Come on, some of us, man, we got to scrub that junk out and put the truth inside of us. We need to be transformed because your way of thinking got you where you're at. Hello? So we got to change. We got to be transformed in order to get victory in our lives, amen. If we are to be the voice... And we need to be transformed by the voice in order to be the voice, church. And the Holy Spirit helps us to do that. Come on, somebody say, thank you, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps us to do that, amen. That's why God told them to what? 
wait. Wait until you receive this because if you leave this room, if you go down there to try to be the voice without any power, you're just going to be a firecracker. And you're just going to pop once and when no one responds, you're going to die. But when you have an explosive power, it doesn't matter if they don't listen to you. You just say, later with that vato, I'm going to go this vato over here. I'm going to give him the word, amen. It doesn't take away the dumas power that God wants to give us, amen. I'm going to be on fire on God no matter what, amen. I'm here because I love Jesus, amen. Not by the response, amen. You know, even in this, amen, I'm not looking at numbers. I'm looking at hearts and people, amen. That's all that matters. And if you're here today, you want something. If you don't see your brother and sister, then you need to pray for them to grab a hold of this power that they can make and have victory, church. We get equipped to help others. The Bible says, amen, they were devoted. You read the book of Acts, chapter 2, keep on going to the end. They were devoted to each other. Meaning when one brother was down, guess what? One brother was picking him up. One sister was picking up. What's going on, amen? Keep fighting the fight of faith. Stop listening to the lies of the devil. You need to keep on coming. You know what? We miss you. I mean, that's all that you need to know. I've been missed. Yes, we miss you. It feels good to be missed. Can somebody say amen? It's when they don't miss you. Well, I didn't even know you were gone. <laughs> wow, amen. Man, that's, 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 you want to be missed. They were devoted in helping each other, amen. We need the Holy Spirit to help us, amen, to be transformed. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4 says this. In the NIV, it says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together. Somebody say together. Somebody say together. Come on, they were all together in one place, just like you and I here. We're all together here. Hopefully, we're all together in one place. You're not somewhere, some other place, amen. Hope you're not sitting in a restaurant right now looking at the menu, what you're going to eat later on, amen. I hope you're not sitting in some theater right now of a movie that you're going to see after church, amen, or, 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 or planning yourself or whatever you're doing. You know, some of you, some of you guys need to relax. Some of you guys are already doing laundry in your head. God, I got to do laundry. I got to get ready for tomorrow to work. It's a day of rest. Come on, you got to understand, you got to be in one place, amen. They were all together in one place and there's a suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind or like a mighty rushing wind from heaven filled the whole house where they were sitting and they saw what seems to be tongues of fire. Somebody say fire. Fire that separated and came and rested on each of them. All of them, say all of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues or other languages as the Spirit enabled them. That's some power, church. What language? Let me ask you a question. What language does the Holy Spirit speak? Heavenly? Come on, does he speak? Is he Latino? Does he speak Spanish? <laughs> Come on. It, English? What does he speak? Okay, he's got close. He's right there in the heavenlies. You got to understand, you know what the Holy Spirit speaks? Spirit. Spirit is the only common thing that speaks to everyone. He speaks spirit. Not a language, not a nationality, but a spirit. 
All of us have a what? Spirit inside of us. So we speak spirit. Holy Spirit speaks spirit. He wants to, he ministers to us in spirit. Let me tell you, the tongue, when it's in spirit, is spirit. Whether it's Chinese, Mexican, any language, amen, it all comes out the same in spirit. It may have a little accent to it, a little Latino accent when you're talking in tongues, amen, but it's all spirit. So it's a language that we learn to learn. Some people are afraid of the Holy Spirit or talking tongues, amen, because they don't understand the language. God wants to, if we're going to talk to God, God is what? Spirit, right? We got to talk his language. Are you following me? This is what empowers you. You start to talk in language to God. You start to, the, the, the spirit, when you start to talk in tongues, it edifies you. Say me. So when you're speaking in tongues, you're like, well, I, I don't know what I'm saying. You don't need to know. You speak it. He understands it. He translates it. Amen. You're speaking to him. You may not know, he says, that sometimes we don't know what to pray for. Then the spirit within us comes out and utters these words, this, this language, amen, that we don't understand. But guess who understands it? God. So he, 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 he can hear us. He can help us. Because sometimes, how, how many, how many of you ever, you ever you got to a place, man, I don't know what to pray here. I've done this, done that, and I don't know what to pray. So the spirit utters that inside our spirit. Because your spirit knows what to say. And so the Lord... We, we pray, so he speaks spirit, amen. Why was there a symbol of fire when the Holy Spirit came upon them in that upper room? See, fire is a symbol of transformation. I want you to follow this, church, all right? I'm depositing something. Somebody say, open up your deposit. <laughs> he wants to give you something, amen. See, sometimes we hear things, amen, we close up. You got to be open. Open the account. Get ready to receive, Amen. Amen. Fire, amen, is, is, is symbolic, amen, for transformation. Fire changes whatever it touches. Are you following me? Come on. Fire. Come on. It catches. It changes whatever it touches. It refines. It purifies. It burns away things that are useless. Let's look at some ways that the Holy Spirit works to transform you and I. The Holy Spirit took a group of fishermen... The Holy Spirit took a, uh, some former prostitutes, uh, ex-religious leaders, uh, tax collectors, and others, and formed them into a united group we call today the church. Come on, somebody. You need to catch that, amen. Hallelujah. Listen, Jacob was a cheater. Peter had anger. David had an affair. Noah got drunk. Jonah ran from God. Paul was a murderer. Gideon was insecure. Miriam was a gossiper. Come on. Martha was a worrier. Amen. Thomas was a doubter. Amen. Sarah was impatient. Uh, Elijah was moody. Moses stuttered. Abraham was old. Lazarus was dead. I was an alcoholic. Amen. And the Holy Spirit transformed me. He can transform anyone. His grace is sufficient. Amen. His power makes us perfect in our weakness. It's the Holy Ghost. Power, church. Listen, every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. Come on. Look at your neighbor and say, you got hope. <laughs> there's hope in you, amen. There ain't no hope in the Pope, but there's hope in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Come on. Before Pentecost, amen, the disciples were scared. They didn't understand, amen, 
Before Pentecost, they lacked faith. Before Pentecost, they, they didn't understand God's plan. But after they waited, after the, after the Pentecostal fire fell, well, it was a different story now, church. It was after they waited. That is the key, is to wait. Some of you guys are moving ahead of God and you're not waiting on God. Some of you guys are taking matters into your own hands and God says, you know what, I'm going to go do this. Did God really say to do that? See, some of you guys are oh, so impatient for God to move quickly in your life, amen, uh, that you start to do something in your own strength, amen, and you mess things up. Come on, somebody. Some of you guys need to wait. You're so impatient for God to do something in your life that you know what, without the, the waiting of God, it's going gonna, it's gonna to mess up. If you go out and do your own thing and you go out and say, man, and it may be good intention. It may be a godly thing, but it's, it's not God that said it. you got to wait. Some of you guys are, are praying for situations or God is telling you to do something. And, you, you, and so he told you to wait and you're getting impatient on the waiting. Some of you guys, amen, are looking for a man, amen, and you're so impatient that you'll grab any man that smiles at you. And vice versa to the guys. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Come on. Did God really say that's the one for you? Oh, yeah, I've been, I, I've been waiting. He smiled and that's confirmation. Did God really say that one is for you? See, we, we're waiting and waiting. And, God, we, we get so impatient that we pick anyone that just winks at us. And that's not really who God, because God, if you wait, God has something really good. And if it's waiting, let me tell you, it's something good. You've got you to wait and trust God. Don't cause it. Don't, don't make it happen. Let God make it happen. Come on, somebody. You've got to understand that because this is your future. This is your destiny. Come on, this is, this is something that you've got to say, God, is this really for you, from you? Because I don't want to get involved and it's not really for you. And then I live a life that's miserable. I see so many people fall into that. And not that God can't change things around, but don't, it, it would be better if you just started off with his approval first. Are you following me? See, God wants to bless you, like I said earlier. He doesn't want harm upon you. He doesn't want curse upon you. But when we take matters into our own hands and we don't wait, because a lot of guys... You don't like waiting. You don't. Man, you go, you're driving the drive-thru, you're beep, beep, well, you're trying to cut people off. Like, go for it. <laughs> I couldn't wait. <laughs> right? We're so impatient. Everywhere we go, we don't want to stand in line. I told you, you should have bought the tickets online. Now we're going to wait in line. No, we should have got here earlier. <laughs> <laughs> We don't like waiting. Come on, somebody. Come on. We go to the bank, man. We see a big line. We go, off oh, later. Don't tell me you've never done that. Amen. We see things, man. No, forget it. Or we start complaining about it. Or we wait and we complain. We're just there in line waiting. Oh, man, this is taking so long, God. Come on. What's wrong with you, God? Oh, can I just settle for this one? Can I just do it right now? Can I just say it? And we're just waiting in line. We're complaining in line. God doesn't want you to complain. He told them, you know what? I don't want you leaving this room. I don't want you leaving this place until you receive. And you'll know when you receive it, amen, until you receive the Holy Spirit. 
don't leave. I don't know how many days they stood up there, but let me tell you, no one was complaining. But they were worshiping God. They were seeking God. See, some of you guys don't seek while you wait. That's the problem with a lot of Christians today. They, they're not seeking. So they'll wait. They're like, okay, I'll wait. Looking at oh yeah, yeah. Checking other things, checking media. You're not, but you're not, you're not seeking. You're not seeking in your way. The waiting doesn't mean that you stay there and do nothing. The upper room, man, they were they were pressing in. They were pressing in. They were seeking God. God, is this it? There was a movement. I'm pretty sure there was some movements going on. Oh, no, that's not it. That was a great, that was a great. Service, that was a great prayer meeting, but that, that wasn't it. They kept seeking God. They, they understood. And when it fell, let me tell you, it felt like a mighty rushing wind. It blew. I mean, I'm pretty sure that it, it, it blew them back. I mean, hair was going back. I mean, this is it. I think this is it. Amen. All of a sudden, boom, all of them see tongues of fire falling upon them. And then the empowerment came. The evidence of speaking in tongues, the empowerment church. And from there, it went nuts. Peter came downstairs, man, full of that, full of the spirit. Man, he starts preaching, starts rebuking them. We're not drunk. What's wrong with you guys? Starts to shut the rabbis, talking tongues over them, and starts preaching an awesome sermon. They're gathered there because it's one of the greatest festivals. I mean, Pentecost was a big festival. It's one of the three major ones. There's a lot of people there. So he, start, he, he used that advantage and started to be the voice, to be the witness with that what? With that power. 3,000 people get saved. That's power, church. That's the power that we need. That's, that's the power that the church needs today. We need to be the Pentecostal church. We need a Pentecostal movement once again in our lives. And start complaining but wait on God and say, God, I want to be empowered. Do you know what? We should be praying as a church for that last revival. That last movement of that Holy Spirit. The same thing. We need to be praying, waiting for that. Because God wants to empower us. That's how revival is going to hit this, these last days. It's one final revival. It's not, it's not this revival. It's not, it's not Pensacola revival. It's not, it's not Maywood revival. It's none of those. It's a, it's a worldwide revival that God wants to pour out. That's what we're waiting for. That's what we need to be contending for, church. Not to be the most popular church. Not to have the most programmed church. But fill of the Holy Ghost church. We need the Pentecostal movement in our lives. That's what brings transformation. That's what brings change in our lives. See, there is no transformation and they're having church, but no one's being transformed. Come on, somebody. No one's getting delivered. One incident and they're gone from the church. But the Pentecost church fought it through. The Pentecost church was there. They waited. They, they fought through it and powered it through the Holy Spirit. They waited. Is a key, church. You gotta wait. Tell your neighbor, wait. You gotta wait. Don't make a rush out of it. Man, I want my life fixed. Everybody wants their life fixed. I want joy right now. You'll get joy. You gotta wait. Like my uh, my wife was saying earlier, you know what? We 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 want the blessing, but we don't want to sow. We want to reap, but we don't want to sow. 
you've got to sow through those times. And sometimes it's going to take tears. It's going to take times and moments where you truly depend on God. That's what God is looking for. Some of us, maybe you're going through a season because he wants you to cry out like never before. Come on, he, he wants you to cry out, not bail out. See, we get to a place, we bail out of God, amen, but God wants you to cry out. He said, God, I'm not moving. I'm waiting for my blessing. Come on, just like Jacob, amen, when he was struggling and fighting the angel, he held down and goes, I will not let go until you what? Bless me. Some of you have got to get a hold of whatever it is. I'm not letting go until you bless me. You got, you, you got to get, you got, I know you guys got some ugly faces. I know you guys can get all mean like, Arr. come on, I, I know, come on, I know. When you're in the neighborhood, what, what, you can smile like, what? you, 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 you got to get, you got to, you got to get angry, church. You got to tell God, I'm, I'm, I'm not leaving until you bless me. I'm going to wait until you empower me. I'm going to make a choice to you. Tell me to make the choice. And you'll know it's God. The key is to wait. After they waited, they were full of faith. Amen. They were bold and they were fearless. They understood the plan of God. Amen. They were united like never before. See what waiting does, church, amen. You get, some of you need boldness, amen. You were bold uh, before you got saved, and, and then you get saved and you become a wimp. Come on, somebody, don't look at me like that, man. You were all bold, talk to talk, amen, in the neighborhood. Now you get saved and like, you don't want to say nothing to nobody. You're scared. I don't want to tell them that Jesus loves them. Yeah, you're, you're claiming your neighborhood before, amen. Hey, what? Now you can say, and you're like, uh, where's the bonus, amen? What's going on? And say, you know what, man? We need to reach our neighborhood. We need to reach our world. We need to reach our, our coworkers. We need to reach our family and say, God, you know what? Uh, come on. Uh, I want to be a witness, God. I want to be a voice, amen. Uh, let me be that witness. I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit uh, to tell somebody about you, Lord, uh, and what you've done in my life, Lord. I'm not ashamed, amen. When you got the Holy Spirit, it gives you boldness. Like never before. You start to understand the very plan of God for your life. I don't know what God's, well, you got to have, you got to be filled with the Holy Spirit then. I don't know what I need to do. Then get filled with the Holy Ghost. He'll tell you what to do. He'll tell you. He'll empower you. He'll give you the bonus to be a preacher, a teacher, an usher, whatever it is that you need to be. Like these volunteers, I, I told them, you know what, I, I don't have, just, just, just let the Holy Spirit use you. That's it. Let your gifts be developed. Because there's nothing that you... You, you do your part, the Holy Spirit will do his part. Come on, somebody say amen. See, nothing like this, before this event ever took place, nothing like this ever, ever welded the church, or ever united them as one force. Pentecost united them as one voice, the voice. And that's what's needed today in the church. We need a movement like that to be the witness that we need to be to the ends of the earth, church. We need to be that one voice, and the Holy Spirit is what welds us together. The Holy Spirit is what brings you and I together as one. One church, not one praise chapel, not one victory outreach, not one, one church, one voice. The Holy Spirit does that. And that's what we need in this world today, amen. It took the fire of the Spirit of God to do this. 
to burn away to burn away misunderstanding, to burn away any confusion, doubts, uncertainties, amen, hatred, all that other junk, amen, united as one voice. There's a story of a blacksmith who had two pieces of, of metal, iron. And he was trying to make them as one, and so he put these two together, and he's just pounding the metal, pounding the metal. They were, they were cold, and they were hard, amen. And he's trying to pound them to make them as one. Then he remembered something that he should never forget. He put the two pieces and threw them in where? Fire. What did he say? <laughs> Soda? <laughs> <laughs> he got the two pieces of metal and put them, these iron into fire, took them out and put them together, lay one on top of the other, and two strikes of the hammer was all that was needed to make it one. Church, no one who is cold and hard can unite. No one who is cold and hard can unite. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, Ooh, hallelujah. It unites you to the one. Come on, when he comes upon you, it brings you into union to one. It wells you together. It pounds you together to become one with him. Come on, somebody. And that's what makes the church work today. Uh, the church needs the Holy Ghost fire, the Pentecostal fire to bring the transformation uh, of being separate to become one with him. There has never been a program that has dramatically transformed people's lives. Not AA, not even triple A, but the Holy Spirit fire A. Hallelujah. That's all that's needed. Amen. No programs can change it and unite. There is nothing more powerful than the Holy Spirit, church. No other program has brought people from every different forms of life. Amen. Transform them and unite them as a group of people that can change the world. It takes the Spirit of God to do that. And that's what's needed in the world today is a movement of the Spirit of God to move upon the church again, to unite us as one, one powerful force, one voice. It started with the 12 to the 70 to the 120 that were in that upper room, filled with the power to turn the world upside down. Church was birthed, church, with the power of the Holy Spirit. Pentecostal fire on the day of Pentecost. Listen, our world will not be transformed. You will not be transformed until the church is transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hashtag boom. You get that? That's a boom. We're not going to be transformed. You're not going to be transformed until the church is transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what's needed. We need to become the Pentecostal church. We need to be like these old doors, these old church, not tied in an old religious system. Jesus did away with that system. We need a fresh movement of the Holy Spirit. We need another people that will wait to be empowered, to be the voice once again. We need to be the Pentecostal church. The next thing really quickly. We as believers cannot afford to ignore his presence. 
Matthew chapter 3, 11, NIV says this. I baptize you. This is John the Baptist speaking here. I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandal I am not even worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Acts chapter 2, 3, NIV says this. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came and rested on each one of them. See, the fire that appeared on the heads of each of these believers in the upper room church has a connection uh, to the God of the Old Testament. When Moses was dedicating the tabernacle, the Lord's presence was there. Leviticus chapter 9, 24, NIV says this, fire, somebody say fire, fire came out from the presence of the Lord consumed the burnt offerings and the fat portions on the altar. And when the people saw it, they shouted for joy and fell face down. When Solomon, amen, was dedicating the temple, the presence of the Lord was there also, amen. Second Chronicles 7.1, NIV says this, when Solomon finished praying, fire, come on, somebody say fire, came down from heaven, consumed the burnt offering and sacrifice, and the glory of the Lord the temple. The supernatural fire from the presence of God fell on each of these sacrifices. This indicated to the people that God accepted the tabernacle, that God accepted the temple as his dwelling place. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament used the term temple. To end under the new covering, our bodies, say my body, say my body, that our bodies are the temple of what? The Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from you? You are not of your own. At Pentecost, each believer that was up in that upper room had tongues of fire over them. It was a supernatural fire once again from heaven, just like they did in the Old Testament. Listen, God sent his fire to demonstrate, and I want you to catch this, that from now on, not, not tomorrow, not another day, uh, not next year, but from now on that we, uh, he would accept the temple, amen. He would accept our body, say my body again, as a dwelling place. Come on, somebody. Come on, I want you to catch that. He said, you know what? Now I approve. I'm going to use your body, the temple of living God, as a dwelling place, meaning that the believer is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Church, the church will now become the dwelling place of God's Spirit. Not in a tabernacle, not in a tent, not in anything else, church, but we as his temple. We are the church. Can somebody say amen? The church is not where you go. The church is who we are. We are the church. As the temple of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 tells us that we're no longer of ourselves. You're no long, it's no longer about you anymore, amen, uh, or what you want to do, amen. It's what, what God wants us to do. It's, it goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 6, 20, it says that, that you were bought with a price, a high price. It says, therefore, honor your bodies as to God. Honor your bodies to God. Honor your temples to God. That's why we can't pollute this temple. We can't do what we want to do to this temple. 
This belongs to God, amen, and he wants to dwell inside of us. We are the church wherever we go because the Holy Spirit resides inside of us. And so on Pentecost, that's what happened, amen. We became his dwelling place. He has empowered us individually as the church. See, when we became Christians, when you lifted your hands and you came to the altar and gave your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and he lives inside of us. Therefore, we no longer belong to ourselves. We're no longer of our own. See, when you live in a building owned by somebody else, you try not to violate the building rules, right? Right, it's on your agreement, it's on your contract, no, you know what, after 10 o'clock you got to keep the music down and, you know, all these rules, right? But we agree to the rules, right? We don't want to violate the rules. We say, okay, this is where I want to live. This is the dwelling place where I want to live and I know there's some rules so I, I can't get crazy after 10. I know i got to lower the, you know, lower the, the sound down or whatever, whatever rules they have. If they have a pool, there's pool rules, everything like that. Because our bodies belong to God, we must not violate. His standards for living. Hello. We can't violate the standards. You got to understand that you, don't, you can't do what you want to do anymore. You can't. We, got, we belong to God. This, we we, we got to listen. We got to live his standards. Even when you're in your world, when you thought you were doing what you want to do, you still weren't doing what you want to do. You're still controlled by someone else. You're not of your own. So we got to give our lives to him, amen. See, in fact, what he's telling us also here is that you and I will no longer be alone any longer. Come on. That he'll always be with us. If this is the temple of the Holy Spirit and he resides inside of us, he'll always be with us. Meaning that he'll never leave you, never forsake you, just like the word of God says. Because he dwells inside of you. So everywhere you go, guess what? He goes with you because this is his dwelling place. This is the place of honor, amen. So when you think that you're all alone and God left you, no, no. you you, you got to remind yourself, amen, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of me. He's with me. He'll never leave me, no forsake. All you got to do is call out on him. All you got to do is understand that this is the temple. We can't pollute the temple. We can't pollute it with other things from the world in this temple. We got to live his way. John chapter 14, 17, NIV says this, the spirit of truth, which is the Holy Spirit. The world cannot accept him because they neither see him nor know him, but, but you know him. For he lives in you and he will be with you. It says right there, the world does not know him. So they can't see him. They, they can't feel him. They don't accept him. But you, us, as believers, amen, we understand, amen, we know who he is. And because we know who he is, he lives in us, amen, and always will be with us wherever you go. The only person that can get rid of the Holy Spirit in your life is you. You can kick him out. You can break the violation. You can break the contract and say, I want to do what I want to do. Get out. And when you start to allow sin into your temple, he cannot stay there. He'll bounce. He'll leave. And he doesn't, cook, he doesn't kick and scream. He'll just say, okay, that, is this what you want to do? Is this what you want to do? Yes, this is what I want to do. 
all right, I'm checking out. I can't live in here anymore. And so he leaves. And then he leaves you to do whatever you want to do. You can do whatever you want, but the choices and the consequences on your choices is you. Because he's warned you. He's pleased with you, but he's not going to force you. Because the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He doesn't overpower you. He empowers you, but never overpowers you. He wants to give you the strength, but he's not going to force himself on you. He's patient with you. He's long-suffering with you, but he won't force himself on you. But when you allow him to come in, then you start to feel that power, that empowerment that the spirit of truth gives us. See, I thank God for the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. Come on. I thank God for the relationship that I have with the Holy Spirit. I truly can look at him and call him my best friend. Next to my wife being my best friend, the Holy Spirit is my best friend. Actually, he has one up on you, baby. <laughs> he's truly my best friend. He, he's there to help me. He's guiding me. The cool thing is that's her best friend. So we have best friends in common. All of us have a best friend in common. All of us can understand. That's why we can understand each other. And there he's there to help us. He's there to guide us. He's there to maintain us. He's always there to show us no matter what we're going through. He's there to help us until you release him. See, I got to continue building and maintaining this relationship. It does not just happen automatically. If I stop church, it dies. It stops growing. It's like any other relationship. Husband and wife start talking, guess what? That relationship is going to die. You got, you got to cultivate that. You got to get to know each other more, amen. As you get older, amen. As we're getting older, we're, I'm, I'm knowing my wife more. She's knowing more of me, amen. And we're going through our changes, amen. And, and I, you know what? I, I'm, I'm excited to see what our old age is going to bring us. Amen. It's already happening. I can't hear. She can't see. So we help each other. She has one bad left leg and she has one, I have one bad right leg. We lean on each other. I need her, amen. I, can't, I, I actually need her. To, I, can't, I, I can't live without her. That's all we got to do with the Holy Spirit. I can't live without you. I need you to be my voice. I need you to be my ears. I need you to be my vision. I need you to be everything to me because I, don't, I never say I don't need you. Every morning when I wake up, when I'm praying, and seeking God, and I'm building this relationship with my, with the Holy Spirit, with with God the Father and, and God the Son, Amen. And I say, you know, Holy Spirit, let's do this. I need you today. I mean, I had a, I had a, a, a huge deal, big expensive kitchen that I sold at work, Amen. It was, a, you know, it was over over twenty thousand, thirty almost thirty thousand dollars of merchandise. That's a that's a great sale for somebody. And, man, she was going through all kinds of hell with the product and just damage and things and just service-wise and all this stuff. And, and she came to me because I need, I need your help. And, and, I, and, I, and I already knew this was coming. And I said, Lord, I prayed that day. I said, Lord, you've you got to give me patience. You know, I got some patience. But, man, 
I need help on this one, amen. I, I, I got to have some wisdom. Give me an ear. Let me listen, not say nothing. Let me hear her complaint. Let me be a friend. Let me, let me show that I'm here to help her. And it turned out, everything turned out right because I had the help of the Holy Spirit. Everything turned out good. I thanked them. I prayed again. We settled it. I mean, it's not done yet, but I'm, still, I'm believing in it. But we came with a solution. I allow, I allow her to speak, and that's all she wanted to be, to be a voice. I want my voice to be heard, not to shut me down, or I can't do that, or pass her on, or pass the buck. Give it to me. Dump it on me. That's how the Holy Spirit does to us. Go ahead, dump it on me. Dump it on me. Share your feelings. Share everything. Just dump it on me. I will hear you out when no one does. And he will hear you out, amen, to everything, and he'll allow you. And you'll just feel good because he just listened to you. Come on. Ain't that every woman's dream? My husband listens to me. <laughs> Come on. Woo, hallelujah, amen. I don't want to hear nothing. My wife sometimes, I don't want, I, she don't want nothing from me. She don't want advice. She just wants my ear. Man, I just sit there and give her ear, and then she just smiles and walks away and gives me a kiss. Like, I did nothing. <laughs> Besides, Listen. Of course, you got to nod your head and you got to confirm what she's saying. Uh, well, I, what, I think this is what you're saying. Or I feel this is what you're saying. So that, that you're just not there. <laughs> like a lot of us are, we're just there. You hear me? Yeah. What I say? You know. <laughs> we got to build the relationship, church. Often we as Christians neglect, listen, we neglect, and let's be honest, we neglect building and maintaining our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Come on. You love Jesus, you talk to Jesus, you, you thank God, but who talks to the Holy Spirit? It's part of the Trinity. We need the Holy Spirit. That's why he told him to wait. You can't just serve God by knowing God and, 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 and knowing about Jesus. Who gives you the, who gives you the revelation? Who gives you the understanding? Who does? The Holy Spirit. So we can hear God. We can hear Jesus. We can hear everything about what he's done. All of us know the story. But the Holy Spirit gives you the revelation, which gives you the empowerment, which brings growth, church. Because knowledge is not all powerful unless you know what you really understand about it and truly put into work. You can know all, the devil knows the Bible. He does. He studies. He knows. He knows how to attack you with the word. That's why he comes and tries to twist the word. It sounds like the truth, but if you really don't know the truth, you'll be, you'll be deceived. So you got to understand, you need it. You get in the Holy Spirit's what helps us with the understanding. He drops revelation. He drops bombs. I mean, I, sometimes I'm preaching here and there's just bombs that he drops on me. Like, whoa, where did that come from? That, that's cool. <laughs> i never seen it like that. You know, little things. Little things that he drops inside of us. Why? Because he starts to bring an understanding. To your understanding. The firecrackers and all this stuff, it's not in my notes. Holy Spirit just drops it. He tells you, this is how people are. Oh, that's cool. They understand fireworks. <laughs> I understand fireworks. I hate to get a bunch of duds when God's just looking for something to blow up, 
someone to just blow up for him. God, use me. I'll go in. I'll blow that place up. I'll be your dynamite. I'll go set that, I'll go, I'll go set that, that house on fire with the Holy Ghost. Not real fire. Come on. On the news today, a bunch of Christians set a house on fire. They say it's from God. <laughs> My pastor told me to do it as I'm being arrested. Amen. You know what I mean, church. He gives you the power, church. It's like, sit, man. You may want your homes on fire for God. Your kids. I love to see kids on fire for God. Now I've seen a, a video, amen, on Facebook of a, this, this, uh, this young kid. He's a, he, uh, he was just with fire. He was just preaching the word of God. He was preaching. He was, he was reciting Psalms 23. Lord, the shadow. Lord, I mean, he, he was bouncing. Though I walk through the shadow of, of death, I feel he's crazy. I sit at the table of the presence of my enemy. My cup overflows. He's like eight years old, six years old preaching. I was like, man, that, who taught him that? Yeah, he was probably taught. He probably saw, but that was Holy Ghost right there. That's what man, that's what God's looking for. Some men and women that would just be excited. To be a witness, to be a voice, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be transformed, and you can't ignore His presence, church. Because if we don't maintain and build that relationship with the Holy Spirit, we're gonna start to operate in our own strength. Remember that one percent? Come on, some of you guys just run in on one percent. You plug in and you just you pl- unplug it and it's only 2% now. And you don't wait to get charged up fully. You walk with that 1%. I, I don't understand those people. Like I said last time, amen, they plug it in. Okay, it's charged up enough. That's all I need right now. 1% will get me through this, this time and we'll plug it back in. We'll always just let it, why don't you wait? Hello, why don't you wait and let it get fully charged to 100% and see what God does with that. Don't, 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 don't be a 1% Christian. Come on, just like I said, some of us are saved and some of us are saved, saved. <laughs> I want to be saved, saved. Come on, don't be that 1%, church. You're going to run out of power. You're going to run out of your, you're going to, willpower can only take you so far. But when you got the Holy Ghost power, man, you can't wait to church. You can't wait till next time. You can't wait till. Wednesday, amen, adoration. Oh, man, we're going to worship God. I think this Wednesday, we're just going to worship God. Just, just get crazy. Just love God. Spend a moment with God. Have an intimate time and not ignore his presence. We must keep the fire burning in our relationship, but you've got to cultivate it. Meaning you've got to put some effort into it. Like I said, we want to reap, but no one wants to sow. Come on, we, got, we want God to move, but nobody wants to fast. Oh, fasting, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. That's from the devil, fasting. Get away from me. That's Old Testament stuff. Oh, get away. I'm finding a new church. They fast over there. <laughs> we got to fast, guys. Even Jesus told his disciples that some things come out by praying and fasting. You want a movement of God? You want a breakthrough? 
Put your flesh into submission. Man, it's so hard. I'm going to need my breakfast burrito. You don't know. <laughs> I'm serious. Whatever it is. It could be, you, you, you can blow it over a breakfast burrito. A dollar burrito from McDonald's. Wow. <laughs> you trade that in just like, like, like Esau with a bowl of beans. <laughs> You trade in your birthright. You turn it a blessing for a breakfast. Oh, I'm not going to make it. I tried. I waited 20 minutes. They're still selling breakfast, so I'm buying it. Hello? We've got to keep the fire burning, church. Leviticus, Leviticus 6.12 says this, The fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. Here, they were, they were to, to attend it constantly around the clock here in the Old Testament that the fire would not go out. They, they had to be around it. They had to make sure that that thing was constantly burning. And the same thing goes with us, church. The fire of the Holy Spirit in our lives, amen, it should never be allowed to go out. It should never be allowed to simmer. A lot of people want that low fire. As long as I'm simmering, I'm okay. No, there has to be a blaze. There has to be an ignitement. That's what the Holy Spirit does. It's just, like, it's just like charcoal fluid. You ever just throw it on some fire? What does it do? That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He's just keep igniting us. Just keep on throwing the, the Holy Spirit fluid upon us. Amen. That oil to just ignite us to be on fire always. We have to keep it constantly burning inside and not let it burn out. Amen. We must keep the fire burning, church. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, don't stifle the Holy Spirit. In other words, don't quench it, don't put it out, and keep it going. You have to do that. Amen? Amen? As I close today, worship team, can you come up? People of God that are walking in the Spirit, flowing in His gifts, enjoying the presence of the